Welcome to the With All Wisdom podcast, where we are applying biblical truth to everyday life. We've been on a break for a couple of months, but we are excited to get back into the studio and get back to our conversations over scripture, theology, cultural issues, and the Christian life. And we are excited that this is our 50th podcast. And we started back in October 2020, if you can believe it. And it has been a joy to sit down with you, Cliff, and have really edifying conversations over the issues that matter most. Amen. 50. Is that the golden? I guess it's our golden it's not silver, podcast silver. anniversary. Yeah, it's our, it's our uh, golden podcast. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully we'll have many, many more to come. Uh, we love doing these and just sitting down and conversing over these important topics and having you listen in. So we appreciate our listeners, and we just encourage you, if you haven't before, to check out withallwisdom.org. We have more podcasts there. That's where we host our podcasts, plus we have a lot of written resources there as well. And all of those resources, both audio and uh, written, they're all there to help you grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus, grow in your faith, grow in obedience, and uh, we trust those will be helpful to you. Now on to our topic for today. If you are a Christian and you are married, you know that that initial bliss that you experience when you were first married, it can, it can wear off. Uh, for some, it begins to wear off quicker than others, but we all know that when we start actually living with another sinner, life can be challenging. For some couples, the challenges begin to grow to such a pitch that marriage relation, the marriage relationship itself is greatly strained. Uh, some couples may resign to the fact that their marriage will always be halfway miserable, and they just kind of decide that because divorce isn't an option, they'll just plan to put up with each other and live with each other for the next few decades and, and try to trudge through it. Others may start to desire and even pursue divorce, sadly. That is the case. Uh, these are both troubling scenarios for Christian couples, and, and these are situations where the couples clearly need some counseling from Scripture to help them overcome their marital problems and to repent from their individual sin and to begin to cultivate a fresh a marriage that pleases God and, and blesses their own lives. Uh, these are two obvious situations that require counseling, but what about other couples? What about couples who don't feel like they're just settling for five decades of mediocrity, but there are some issues they're starting to notice that they are afraid might start to erode their relationship. What are the, about those couples? Should they get counseling? What about couples who sense that everything is fine in their relationship, and they, they don't really sense that there's really any major or minor issues that need to be addressed in a formal counseling way? What about those couples? Should they consider counseling? What about the couple where one spouse sees some issue in the other spouse that if that issue is left unchecked may cause real problems in the future? Should those that couple seek marriage counseling? Cliff, just... To start us off, uh, what are your thoughts on the who? Who should seek marriage counseling? Well, I've been married 33 years, and you've been married, remind me, Derek? 17. 17? Yeah. 17 and a half. As, as a Christian, that. I've been married for 33 years to another Christian, my wife. Um, so just from personal experience of being married and then also having opportunity to be a marriage counselor myself, I would say that everyone needs marriage counseling. Everyone. Yeah. Wow. So not just the people with the major problems, no. but everyone. Absolutely. And um, when I say everyone, everyone needs marriage counseling, not to the same degree or with right. the same frequency. Right. So we, that's one thing we're going to talk about is uh, the nature of what kind of counsel we're talking about. But um, every married couple, every Christian, I'd say every Christian needs counsel based yeah. on the definition of what the Bible says that means. And I'd say the same is true um, in marriage. And I, I like your point there that 
uh, it doesn't mean you're weird or defective or an oddball if you as a Christian married couple uh, ponder the idea of getting counsel. Right. right. I think that's a good and healthy thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think folks need to be encouraged with that. And we'll talk about that in a, in a moment. I actually have a few bullet points uh, about what marriage can marriage counseling can do for a couple. And so we're going to go through those and talk about them one by one. <clears throat> one thing I want you to notice, though, in each of these, I'll say marriage counseling can, because you're going to make a point, a strong point, I think, at the end of this podcast. And by the way, this is going to be a two-part podcast because we have a lot to say. So we're going to cover these bullet points here, and then Cliff is going to have um, some really helpful, practical counsel for married couples in the next podcast. But here I have each one of these starts with marriage counseling can. And what you're going to point out at the end of this podcast, I believe, is is it's important to keep in mind that marriage counseling doesn't itself, the process of marriage counseling itself doesn't fix anything. You have to have people committed to change, committed to the Lord, committed to Scripture and implementing what marriage counseling brings to the table. Yeah, and another thing that the audience listeners need to understand with our terminology and the phrases that you're going to use here that marriage counseling can is the understanding that we talk about – when we say marriage counseling, we're talking about biblical marriage counseling. Right. Yes. And – which we've done podcasts on. That's true. So that's our frame of reference. Yeah. Uh, biblical counseling. And if you want to know further about that and you haven't heard what we've said in our podcasts, we've got a couple of very important podcasts on that. What is biblical counseling? That's what we're talking about here. Yeah, and that's a helpful – Reminder, I think, because perhaps people hear the word marriage counseling and they think of people who've gotten the marriage and family therapist degree, which um, we know of a, a local school that provides that particular degree. And that a person who pursues that degree, they might have some training in scripture and theology, but their main training, the primary training, will be in the area of psychology. Yep. And we're not talking about that kind of count marriage counseling. We're nope. talking about marriage counseling that's framed within a biblical worldview and that sees Scripture as sufficient for counseling married couples who are having some trouble. All right. Well, the first thing I want to say is that kind of related to the couple that isn't doesn't seem to be struggling in serious ways. I mean, you've as a counselor, you've seen a spectrum. You've seen a, a spectrum of people in their struggles in their marriage. You've seen yeah. some on the brink of divorce. You've seen some who come in and they're just kind of preemptive, want to uh, protect their marriage. And, and that's kind of the person, that, that person on that couple on that side of the spectrum, that's who I'm thinking of with this first one. Marriage counseling can help strengthen existing foundations. Yep. So you can have a couple who they, they both know the Lord. They've had some solid Christian uh, teaching leading up to their marriage, through their marriage. They seem to be doing well. They're handling – they're sinners, but they're handling things in a mature way and they're growing. But perhaps they want to seek out marriage counseling in a preventative kind of way. Have you have you experienced that kind of thing where married couples just come and say, hey, things seem to be going okay, but can we get some counsel so we can prepare or prevent problems in the future? Yeah. And as you know, you and I as elders, we're pastors. Counseling is – Part of our job is what we yeah. do on an ongoing basis. So yeah. we have plenty of opportunities to interact with our people, the saints at our church, uh, with respect to counseling, including marriage counseling. Right. So I've had a lot of opportunities over the years of a Christian married couple at our church coming to me or coming to me, maybe me and my wife mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or me and one of the elders. And maybe it's a one-off. They've got a marriage. They've been married seven years. But they're seeking maybe wisdom on a very important decision oh, sure. that's yeah. coming up. 
that yeah. they don't agree on. Yeah. And they've come to an impasse as husband and wife, and they're doing the wise thing. Um, they are seeking wisdom from a multitude of counselors yeah. from yeah. their shepherds. And and so I've seen that in the past and even recently, and it's been a beautiful thing where they mm-hmm. sought my counsel, our counsel, me and my wife. They prayed about it. They considered their options. They worked it through. They made a decision, and here it is a couple of years later, and God has blessed that decision. So wow. I, I've seen the good of that. Uh, I've seen uh, situations where it didn't turn out as well. Mm-hmm. And how many? And what concerns me is how many other scenarios are out there where married couples haven't done that. They haven't sought the counsel of someone else right. in their church, like a pastor, regarding a, a one-time difficult decision like that. And they they neglected marital counseling mm-hmm. uh, and paid the consequences as a result. So I've seen the benefit of it for sure. Well, that's that's really it's encouraging to hear that you've seen the benefit of it, and it's just an, to encourage our listeners that seeking counsel should be the something a spiritual discipline that Christians are doing all the time. Okay, I need to stop you on that point you just made, Derek, about uh, seeking counsel as a discipline. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, and I, um, I wrote a book, as you know, in two thousand six, on the Christian disciplines, yeah. things that every Christian should be having as a regular part of their life on a daily basis to grow in Christ. Uh, I think I had, I don't know, 12 different disciplines. And then uh, the best well-known book on the Christian disciplines by Richard Foster, written 30 years ago, he has different disciplines in there like fasting and those kind of things. But I don't think in either of those books, either mine or his, the discipline of getting counsel Hmm. is listed. And I I agree with you. Seeking counsel from other believers should be a a Christian discipline we practice all the time. Yeah, yeah. All the time. It's all over Proverbs. Yeah. It really is all over the New Testament. Yeah. And I can just think of many times in my life, especially my early Christian life, where I failed to seek counsel. Yeah, same here. And paid the, the consequences <laughs> of it. Uh, James 5 tells people in the church to get call the elders. Yep. Call the elders. Yeah. Uh, part of that is calling the elders to get counsel. Right. So I uh, just wanted to accentuate your point there. Yeah. That is, that is a Christian discipline, getting counsel. Yeah. And I think we – it. We avoid a lot of trouble when we do, and we, do. we fall into trouble when we don't. I mean, yep. it's like you said when you're, and I, I, I would say the same thing about in my younger Christian years, and even looking back, even in the last recent years, looking back at the times I failed to get counsel and it didn't go well. Yeah, you know. So again, an encouragement, like you said, for Christians to be regularly seeking counsel in, in all walks of life, whether you're married or not. Right? It's not just yep. for married couples. So marriage counseling can provide or can help strengthen uh, existing foundations. It can be preventative. You can, I like your point, uh, counseling on a specific issue, right? You might come to the pastor with the couple, they need some help on a specific issue. So that's excellent. So marriage counseling can do those things. Uh, Marriage counseling can provide couples with biblical tools to help them cultivate a God-glorifying, enjoyable marriage. And that's for couples who are struggling either in significant, large potentially marriage-ending ways, or in smaller ways. You have in Scripture the resources you need, and oftentimes you just need a skilled uh, pastor or counselor to to be able to walk you through those things, to give you those things, so you know how how to live in your marriage to the glory of God. So what's encouraging is is that Scripture uh, provides such rich, resources and varied resources and provides us such promises that even a marriage that seems to be on the brink of disaster, of 
of breakup. If the couple will will both apply themselves to the Scripture, to the truth, uh, trusting and relying upon the Holy Spirit and repenting of their own sin, God's Word promises that they can make genuine progress and they can have a, a pleasing, a, a God pleasing relationship. They can restore what has been devastated. They they can make a a real progress in their relationship, and that should be an encouragement to to all married couples. Yeah, the way you phrased it there. The imagery that came to my mind is good biblical marriage counseling can provide a couple with the tools Mm -hmm. they need. And for me, that's – because we believe in biblical sufficiency and we can't just tell people, just do what the Bible says. Just do what the Bible says and leave it at that. Right. They need more than that. That's right. That's why Jesus said, follow me, watch me. Mm -hmm. And then when they asked him questions like in Matthew 6, they said, teach us how to pray. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. How to do it? Uh, not just tell me to do it, but yeah. show me how. And then Jesus actually modeled prayer for yeah. them in Matthew six. Yeah, good point. that modeling. So uh, those—that's how we can give them. So the question is, what tools are you talking about, Derek? And I think, well, the tools in the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, the skills there, the disciplines there, the uh, the modeling mm-hmm. exemplified there. So uh, the tools—it's kind of like, yeah, I'm married and I've got this big toolbox uh, for me and my wife, but. I want somebody to actually open the toolbox right. for me and show me the tools. Oh, this is a screwdriver. Right. That's a crescent wrench. Right. How do you? What do you do with that? Right. How do you use it? How yeah. does it work? Yeah. Oh, I'm not supposed to use it on that. Oh, okay. Thank you for showing me that. Wow, I had all these tools in my toolbox, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know what they were yeah. for, and I didn't even know what that some of them were there. So, yeah. uh, that's what marriage counseling can be. Yeah, it's really that's a really helpful analogy because. Uh, Showing people, I think that's probably one of the reasons why biblical counseling uh, suffers from caricatures often from from folks because they think that's what you're saying. Just do what the Bible says. Uh, that's not what we're suggesting at all. That's not what biblical counseling is. Yeah, it is providing people with uh, not only the tools but showing them how to use the Scripture, how to use the truth, how to apply it, and that will that's what effective counselors will do. And when again when Christian couples apply themselves and begin to use those tools and resources, they will see progress in their their marriage. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 it requires them to actually make an effort. Yeah. I just got to make a comment on um, the caricature that and the bad yes. rap that biblical counseling – I mean, we've talked about that before, but I just – I still to this day <laughs> think the number one bad rap of Jay Adams a lot of times is that – He's accused of just telling people, just do what the Bible says. Right. Just do what the Bible says. Right. Just do it. When when you read his books, mm-hmm. that's not the case. He's not very practical. As a matter of fact, he's got books titled on how to do it. Right. In fact, I remember reading in Jay Adams, uh, I can't remember which book it was, but he actually critiqued the pastors who fail to help their people know how to do things, to yeah. do the how-tos. Yep. You know, some pastors are like, oh, we don't need to do the how-tos. We just preach doctrine. And he actually critiqued yes. those kinds of preachers and said, no, you need to help your people know how to do things in yes. the Christian life. Even so, I think one of his books is called What to Do on Thursday. Oh, wow. That, you talk about practical. practical. <laughs> yeah. That's good. All right. Well, uh, another point, uh, just to encourage you, marriage counseling can help expose ingrained patterns of sin in one of or each of the spouses. And the reason I bring this up is because sometimes we need some counseling, in in this case, marriage counseling, in order to expose some sin we're not even aware of. 
uh, some wrong thinking, some wrong behavior, some wrong patterns that have developed, and we may even be completely blind to them. Uh, even our, our our wife trying to, to bring them up, or in, in the uh, husband's case, the wife bringing them up, or in the wife's case, the husband bringing them up, we may, may be completely blind to them, and marriage counseling can help expose and, and bring those out so that they can be repented of, and there can be change. Yeah, absolutely. That's God's, in a lot of ways, marriage is God's sanctifying tool. Yeah. His refining fire for us. Yeah, we, uh, Amy and I say that a lot, you know, um, marriage is sanctification on steroids. Yeah. Because of how intense sometimes it is having your your sin exposed right in front of you yep. on a pretty regular basis, yep. actually. <laughs> so, um, but we, we're talking about exposing ingrained patterns of sin, not merely to expose them. Uh, that sounds scary, and in fact, it, it, it kind of is. It's a little intimidating, but what that exposure of, of sin, thinking biblically, you don't just expose it, you expose it to then cleanse it, to confess it, and then to replace it with uh, godly attitudes, heart attitudes, habits, thinking. Uh, we're not just merely exposing, and these are the kinds of things, this is how change happens, and, and, and then it begins to really bless the marriage and to bless each individual in that marriage. Yep, amen. Um, <clears throat> we already mentioned this point, but I want to uh, say it again just to be to be clear, and then we'll end this with a uh, brief warning. A couple should not feel foolish or embarrassed to seek marriage counseling. Maybe there's a, a stigma in people's mind that if they seek it, they are showing themselves to be weak or they're admitting their relationship is on the brink of disaster, which it which it may be. But there, but there is uh, some sort of perhaps stigma attached to seeking counsel that people think, well, hey, you know, if I do this, then they're going to look at it. People will look at us and think we're weak, or that um, we should do this. We should be able to handle things on our own. We should just be able to figure these things out in our own marriage. And I think when you get caught up in that attitude it will cause even more problems in your yeah. marriage. And it might even be one of Satan's tactics to keep you from the counsel that you need, making you think like, oh, we should be able to handle this on our own, or this is going to show that we are just weak, or, or or these kinds of things, when in fact, you shouldn't be embarrassed at all. We've already mentioned that seeking counsel should be a regular spiritual discipline for all Christians. And seeking marriage counsel actually is a good and even in some cases very courageous thing because you're seeking to preserve and that and, and conserve that relationship, that marriage relationship, and to protect it, to save it, um, to grow in sanctification individually. So we don't want people to ever think that they should feel embarrassed or strange to yeah. seek marriage counseling. Yeah, you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. One, you mentioned uh, there could be a stigma with that. Mm-hmm. And that's a true concern because counseling today in this culture, a lot of times is attached to either seeing a psychologist right. or a psychiatrist. Right. And if you're seeing a psychiatrist, that means you got not just problems, you got big problems. Mm-hmm. You got big problems so much, you need medication. Right. So I think that can be attached to it. That's mm-hmm. a stigma that, oh, you know, one one of the spouses says to the other spouse, we need counseling. And immediately they're thinking, oh, you're saying I need a psychiatrist. Right. I need medication. Right. <laughs> so um, I could see that. I think another common one is there's an element of pride. Mm. involved. Um, they're looking around, well, that couple in our church or our friends, they don't need marriage counseling. Why do we? Right. Uh, over the years, that's actually, as I do marriage counseling today, one thing I've 
learned that's helpful over the years is I'll give a little survey in our first meeting to the to the married couple, Christian married couple, and one of my questions is whose idea was it oh, yeah. to pursue right. marriage counseling? Right. And guess statistically whose idea it is, at least with my limited experience of the couples coming. I would say more often than not, it is the wife's idea. So more often than not, it is the wife's <laughs> idea. <laughs> Overwhelmingly so. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. even close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it's, yeah, my wife dragged me in here. Yeah. Or she wouldn't relent, yeah. you know, like the uh, lady in the Gospels who's yeah. hammering away at the judge <laughs> and he just finally opens the door so that she'll shut up. Yeah. But anyway, um, so statistically, that's been my experience, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. And it's telling, too, because it, a lot of times it can play into the role of the man. That's that pride, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. the leader of this marriage and therefore if there's any defects or problems, we got to see, see counseling and psychiatry then I am not a good husband. Right. So it's right. a threat to his confidence right. as the head of the home. So there's a lot of different reasons for that, and I see that. But we do have to get over that. And, and maybe if it is the wife who's – maybe she should change her terminology and say, hey, let's go get help or yeah. let's see the pastor. Let's go talk to another Christian. Let's go get wisdom. Let's go yeah, get wisdom from the pastor. Yeah, let's go seek God's wisdom from our pastor who right. we love. That might be more effective yeah. instead of telling your husband. Uh Chuck Swindoll, pastor in Southern California for years, who is now, he planted a church. He went to Dallas Seminary to be the president, and then he ended up retiring there and then planted a church in Dallas, which I think he's still I think the so. preaching pastor. I think he's he's like, still preaching. He's almost 90, <laughs> and he's yeah. the lead pastor there. Chuck Swindoll, great guy, godly man. Well, anyway, he's written a lot of books. Um, he wrote a really good book on marriage early on in his ministry, and it's called Strike the Original Match. Mm -hmm. And it's a book for giving counsel to Christian couples. And at the very beginning, I'll never forget it because it's so true. (laughs) His his experience was that he had the same experience that it's usually the wife who Mm -hmm. is trying to get the husband to go to counseling, almost without exception. Yeah. Or And then he also said that uh, – and it's typical of the wife to always be giving the husband a book on marriage to read, <laughs> <laughs> how to fix your marriage in seven easy days. Anyway, he just kind of comments on that and made it kind of funny. But That's funny. One of the things I, you mentioned about the the husband, why he may not want to, to do counseling because it actually seems to reflect on his leadership and his ability to manage his home and things like that. And what I want to encourage the men who are listening – Actually, it's an indication of good leadership yep. if you step out and say, we need to get counseling. That's, <laughs> so it's just the opposite. And I think Satan would love for men to think that, oh, by, by doing this, it's actually an indication that I'm, that I'm not leading well. Actually, leading well would lead you to get counseling if you're seeing some problems that may be insurmountable right now because you don't have the tools to deal with them. So guys, if you're listening, listen, it's actually – a sign of good leadership for you to step out and seek out the the counseling. Don't just yep. leave it to the wives. Um, as the as the as the head of the home, as you the leader in the home, as the one who cares about how things are going in the family, and the one who God holds accountable for how things are going in the family. It's good leadership to actually pursue and initiate counseling. Yeah, I mean the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of right. counselors, right. and if you've got the position. We don't need any counsel for our marriage. Then what you're saying is I don't need anybody's outside wisdom. Right, right. I disagree with the Bible. I don't agree with that principle. 
I can do it all on my own. Right. I'm totally self-sufficient, which right. is totally arrogant. It is. It is. And you don't see in any other part of the world good leaders thinking like that. Right. Good leaders are always looking for wisdom and yep. help and insight from sources outside themselves. Yeah. And then they are applying that to their situation. So That's true. Some of the strongest NBA coaching personalities at mm. timeouts, you'll see they get up off the bench. Mm-hmm. They get away from the players, and then they're surrounded by like six assistant coaches oh, wow. yeah, yeah, for a yeah. minute and 30 seconds. And they're taking in all this counsel, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, great illustration. Uh, okay, well, we're going to close with this. Uh, just a, a warning. Actually, we've already mentioned it, but we want to press it home. Uh, the warning is this. The mere process of marriage counseling won't fix your marriage. Any thoughts on that startling statement? I have many thoughts on that, Derek. <laughs> Uh, and again, this kind of relates or can intersect with the last point that you made mm-hmm. where the wife's trying to drag the husband to yeah. marriage counseling. Right. Maybe with the naive notion that if we just do 10 weeks of right. marriage counseling, the counselor can fix our marriage. And what she really means is that the counselor can straighten <laughs> you out <laughs> and, and change husband. you yeah, yeah. and fix my husband. Yeah. Um, so just jumping through the hoops, going through the process – that is not going to fix your marriage. It's yeah. not going to change anybody. Yeah, the, the mechanical procedure of it. Yeah, the the both cup both uh, individuals in their relationship have to be committed to the Lord, committed to following Him in obedience, applying the truth that they hear, applying the counsel, listening to the the pastor, listening to the counselor, doing what they say, in as much as it coincides with what Scripture teaches. And if you don't do that, you could go to fifty weeks of yep. A marriage counseling, and it's not going to change anything. Right. Uh, in fact, it could actually lead to worse problems because it's hardening you to the the truth. Yep. So we just want to remind people that we we love counseling. We we think it's good and right, and for Christians to seek it. But you, as a Christian, you need to apply what you're learning in that counsel and apply it to your life. Apply it to your marriage. Yep. It's the same going with listening to sermons, reading books. The, the just the process. Unless uh, unless you are applying what you're hearing, applying what you're reading, just the process itself is is not going to uh, create the the obedience in your life. You need to actually apply yourself to believing and obeying and following the counsel. Amen. And then ultimately relying on the wonderful counselor, Amen. which would be Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. That's right. So I look forward to our next podcast on this topic, part two. We're going to hear from you, Cliff, and a lot of practical counsel. I'm excited to hear it and, and hopefully apply it to my own marriage. That'll be cool. And then you guys go, you listeners will be able to ponder over what Cliff says and hopefully apply it to your marriages. So we will be back with part two. Uh, we would like to encourage you again, check out withallwisdom.org. A lot of great resources there, even even a few on marriage and hopefully get some help there in those articles and in those resources. And until next time, keep seeking the Lord in his word. <laughs>